You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 206 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Valerie. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good, but probably not as busy as you because I know that you are doing a gazillion things on your to-do list and this is one of them because we're pre-recording this so that uh, you don't have to um, record a podcast while you are overseas because you're going overseas. I know, tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like That's cool. well, I love a to-do list though. It's very satisfying when you click stuff off. So I'm, 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 I'm oh, going yeah. well. Uh, I'm down to uh, probably uh, I think it'll be an all-nighter though, just getting all the packing oh. done because that's a stressful part for me because yes. uh, I'm doing some filming, I'm doing some shooting, but there's nothing worse than being on the other side of the world and going, oh, I really needed that little doohickey for the googahickey thing. Yes, you know? the Googahickey. That Googahickey is always the, so important. Always I always forget it too. The we lost one of your Googahickeys and you rang me going, have you seen the Googahickey? Did it go mm. into your bag when we last shot? Did you find your Googahickey? I did actually find my Googahickey oh, in so the I end. so I didn't have it because I you pulled all my gear apart, you know, looking for that. <laughs> Do you know? I found it only just a recently. Of times. Where's the Google? Where was it? <laughs> I can't even remember where, where it was, was in the end. No, no it wasn't where it was supposed to be. But now I have, um, as of today, assigned a special bag for the Google Hickey so yep. that, um, you know, it, when we use it again in the future, it will go in a very special bag. And I will. And all you know, things go together because I noticed mm, that you had the whole kit out in one out piece. In I'm bits. like, that's yeah, not that's going to end Terrible. in tears. And it did. I didn't Terrible. want to say it. But yes. It ended in tears. <laughs> anyway, so Gina is going to the another hemisphere. So, in fact, you may well be not too far. You may be waving distance from Angelina who uh, we want to give a shout-out to because Angelina has kindly left us a review on iTunes with the heading, Gina is becoming my muse. So you could <laughs> – because Angelina's from Canada. Yeah. And Angelina said, I stumbled upon this podcast a few months ago. Like I have been known to do with Netflix and Nutella, I'm mm. binging. <laughs> the mm. insights, tips, and pro tricks are so valuable in this podcast. I've always loved photography. For the first time I held a real camera, yup, film, in high school, I wanted to turn my passion into a profession. Somewhere along the way, it took a back seat, popping up during kids' birthdays or sporting events. Last year, I made a commitment to myself to go back to the thing I found pure enjoyment in and take them to the next level. Your podcast has helped me immensely. Each week, I look forward to the next episode. In between, I binge on the archives, of course. Thanks, Gina and Valerie, for creating the fabulous, relatable podcast, my new favorite, from Angelina. That's wow. awesome. And I love Netflix and Nutella. Is that code? Yeah. Is that code for anything? It's like, no, but that's really cool. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you so yes. much for that. Thank you, that's Angelina. Awesome. And Gina will be waving to you while she is yep. crossing America. That's yep. so, so awesome. And if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave, leave us a review or rating on iTunes, that would be so awesome. We'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the ranking. Now, what are some of the things you'll be doing while you're away, Gina, apart from, you know, road tripping across America? 
so we're going to be filming. Uh, so yeah. and uh, uh, a. Not, I'm not filming a race car, but I'm filming uh, the the preparation for a race meet. So uh, I'll be getting off the plane, doing an interview for a couple of interviews, some B-roll, and then we're in a car following the truck going across from uh, west coast to east coast practically. Is it like going to be like Fast and the Furious, which is like my favourite movie? Uh, they're kind of little race cars. They're tiny because I wanted to get in the race car myself and do a hot lap and uh, be filming as he was racing around. But I, I don't fit in the car. It's only one person. Okay. And I think you've got to be <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny to be a race okay. car driver. And wouldn't it be embarrassing if I got car sick? Can you pull yeah. over? <laughs> so, yeah. So and so but, you'll also be yeah. So what else have you been doing apart so from filming while, a race, small race while car? While we're <laughs> getting making our way, part of it, like aside from that, on the trip as well, rather than going uh, on the main highways, we're taking the back roads through the smaller town so I can do some filming for the goal community and uh, so get some tutorials done and also uh, like shooting some nice stuff as well. So I'm excited, Val. I know you. Yeah, that's pretty, there. pretty exciting. The, the, what's the movie The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants have been yes. passed on to me? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Sisterhood of the Travelling Camera. The, or when it's travel, it's like it's not the travelling pants. It's the travelling fat pants, isn't it? Let's let's be oh, honest. Oh yeah, let's it's, be when honest. When you travel, it's like yep. what happens? Mm-hmm. Is it? I don't because know. Because it's all you think about when. Because it's like I know you have your breakfast, and then you all you, the, the whole day is focused around when you can eat next. I know. You go, so I we'll stop it. here to eat. More we'll heavy. We'll stop here for coffee. Then we, while you're having coffee, you gotta have a bagel. Because mm. the bagel's there, isn't it? So, and then mm. you get home and it's like, wow. Yep, travelling fat pants, that's for sure. So, travelling so, pants are being passed well, on. <laughs> I think that's going to be very exciting for everyone in the gold community to see some of the uh, footage and some of the stuff that you're cr- going to be creating through your road trip in North America. And, of course, if you're not sure what the gold community is, make sure you check it out. Go to ginamilitia.com. And click on join the community. It's an awesome, awesome resource with lots of photographers and aspiring photographers from around the world. Here's a little bit of information about it. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, this week you've got a great interview for us, haven't you, Gina? I have. I was very lucky to get to speak to a qualified Australian lawyer, Vanessa Emilio, who's like got 20 years experience in like corporate banking trust and like all sorts of that. And you know what? One of the... uh, 
biggest questions I get in both the gold community and the podcast community is like, okay, so I took this photo. Am I allowed to take this photo here? Who owns the copyright? What happens if I've taken a group shot on public property? Am I allowed to? There's so much confusion out there about copyright. Now, I could have done a podcast on my own and used my year 11 legal studies, (laughs) Val. Yeah, to okay. explain all of this and uh, maybe that's the other course that I do. You know how you're doing your what, – what's your diploma that you're doing, Val? Uh, diploma in surface design. And I was doing rocket science. After I finished <laughs> rocket science, I might just go do a bit of law, Val, and, you know, okay. just, just bust out one day that you, when you go, what have you been doing? I'm like, well, just pass the bar. <laughs> Yes, okay. (laughs) So rather than me explaining all this stuff, I thought I'd get an expert on and that's what Vanessa is and she breaks it all down beautifully. So Vanessa actually runs a – she's the practice director for uh, legal123.com.au and they – like if you go to the website, they've actually got heaps of great information uh, for photographers and there's actually a free legal guide for photographers. I will put that in the show notes so you can click on that. But – what uh, what we covered in, in the episode and I think Vanessa's going to be a regular, Val, because Love it. we've always got questions and then I did always. ask her at the top of the episode if she'd get me out of my parking fines. <laughs> but I need to work on that relationship a bit more because there wasn't – she didn't answer really. But that's not um, a no, is it? It's not a no. It's not a straight <laughs> hard no. So, But some of the topics that would be useful for everyone else, not just me, is like, you know, can who can you photograph out in public, you know, without mm. their permission and uh, how do you cover yourself legally so you can share your images uh, online and uh, what about shooting at public events Uh, because there's a lot of confusion about what you can and can't post and how to cover yourself. And we also talk about, uh, you know, some of the contracts and what you can do as a photographer if you're presented with a contract that says, okay, if you want to shoot for us, sign here, sign away all your rights, how you can maybe a better way to negotiate with, with different clients to protect your rights and get a better deal that's fair for both sides. Uh, and what what you can do when you're shooting on public property. And, and another really good one was how to protect images on your website, how to protect images on social media. And then we touched on the use of photography contracts. We got into this. There's a lot, there's a lot here to talk about. So yeah. as I say, we will definitely get Vanessa back. And cause even off air, as we finish, we started a whole new conversation. I'm like, okay, here's another, there's heaps more podcasts. So, but lots of great information here. So hope you guys enjoy it. Vanessa Emilio, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hi, how are you, Gina? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, um, I'm very excited to chat to you. Now, you sound like you're um, holed up in an office uh, speaking quietly. Are you trying not to uh, disturb all the other legal legals in the office there? <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly speak up if that's helpful, but yes, yes. Uh, it's it's an open office, so that works a little bit better. Might be a little noisier. I apologize. Fantastic. Now, um, just before we start, I just want to make sure that the uh, that, that for, for, for the listeners, that it's like so. I did year twelve legal studies, right? So, uh, but that doesn't uh, qualify me to discuss the law. What, if you don't mind my asking, what 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 are your uh, qualifications? Are you a, a practicing? Um, Lawyer, what, what, how did you get to this uh, position? Yep, I've, I've been practicing. 
working for 22 years at <laughs> least, about 22 years, which is um, a while. And um, I have I started my own law firm about 11 years ago, and we have a number of lawyers working with us. We're very, very fortunate. They're a great team, and they have specialization in a number of areas, everything from trademark to wills to um, commercial law. And um, my qualification uh, is um, in order to run your own law firm, you have to not only have a certain number of years of experience, but you have to take a special course to be a practice director. So it's um, a little bit further than just being a lawyer. You have to have a, a number of years of experience in particular areas. You have to take a special course to be able to be a sole practitioner. So I'm quite fortunate to have done that um, about 15 years ago. So uh, it's been uh, a bit of a journey, but enjoyed it all. Fantastic. So you're very well qualified to to talk on this subject today. And uh, possibly, now that we're friends, Vanessa, can you get me off my um, parking fines? Do you think? Can we chat about that after the show? (laughs) I've got quite a few. (laughs) Um, All right. So... We're going to chat a little bit uh, today, uh, like in my uh, goal community and the podcast group, we get a lot of questions about copyright and photography and there's a lot of confusion out there about that. So hopefully um, you'll be able to uh, share some information and and help with a lot of those questions. But uh, before we begin, we should probably have a like – a little bit of a legal disclaimer. <laughs> Do you want to take care of that, Vanessa? <laughs> that's a that's a really good point. Um, look, everything we say today is um, it's not legal advice. It is just general legal information, and I say not legal advice because it's not specific to anybody's. Um, personal situation. It is just answering some questions, giving some guidance on where to look for, you know, um, further information that you might need as a photographer, or if you're worried about, um, you know, your own business. It's really just trying to help you. If you need legal advice, you really, if you're looking for legal advice, you can rely on for your own particular situation. You should really go see a lawyer and um, get that specific to your situation. So this is just really trying to help people and sort of navigate around where to look for legal information and where to get help. Fantastic. All right. So uh, with that out of the way, let's let's get um, let's get into some of the the, the most common questions uh, that I get asked and I see floating around out there. So first one, I think the probably the most common is. Uh, can I photograph someone without their permission? That's a really broad question. Mm. Um, and so <laughs> just answering a section of it. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, I also say that the law is always gray. There's never, you know, a, a cut and dry Um, answer for a lot of these questions. But generally speaking, there's no general right to privacy for people and taking their photograph. And I say that with a caveat on it saying, you know, if they're in public Mm. versus private, that's, that's a different situation. If people are in public, generally speaking, you can take a photograph of them. And there's no, as I say, there's no specific privacy law and there's no specific law preventing unauthorized use of, of an image unless there's certain things that, that they could sue you for. So if the image gets used um, in a defamatory manner, and that means um, if you if you put it up in public and say something that isn't correct about that person or something that is um, giving the indication that they're, you know, of, for example, if you take a photograph of somebody and you put it up somewhere and you say, this person murdered this person, right. then that's, they could sue you for de- defamation. So it's, it's, the trick is how it's used, how the image is used. This, the second thing that they could, um, somebody could potentially sue you for in using their image is if it's um, misleading and deceptive. So, for example, if you take a photograph of somebody and um, you post it and it is uh, an example might be a 
celebrity or it looks like a celebrity and it isn't the celebrity. And you took a photograph of them, you put it somewhere and you said, this is, I don't know, Nicole Kidman, for example. Mm. And it wasn't her. That's misleading and deceptive. And both those people could sue you, both Nicole Kidman and the lookalike could sue you for that. Right. And then the third sort of um, uh, legal issue that you need to be worried about or at least understand when you're posting photos of somebody in public without their consent is um, it's it's the law of passing off. So, for example, if you uh, sell the image of the person and uh, the company that buys it says they 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 have a particular advertising um, they're using that image for advertising and they say this person uses our product and loves it that that's a different type of misleading so um an example of that was i think uh kieran perkins when he was swimming mm. this, the famous australian swimmer and showed him swimming and then had them had his image all over their ads he had not given any permission and he doesn't even used it at the time he hadn't used telstra so so uh there was quite a long court case on that but that's again what i think the key is is generally you can take photos of people in public it's how they're used that you need to be conscious of if right. they're going to be used in a commercial capacity then there are different rules around that. So I know that's a long answer for a no, 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 that's very good. general question. That's good. So um, when you say a commercial capacity, so if I say I am a street photographer and I enjoy going out onto public streets, taking photos of people, uh, is it okay for me to share those images on my website and social media uh, without the permission of the person that I've photographed? Um, if I'm not gaining any financial, uh, um, you know, any payment for those images, I just want to take the photos and then share them, show them, show them off. Is that okay? Um, again, this there, commercial means doesn't necessarily mean financial benefit. So if you're using somebody's image as part of your advertising campaign to promote your own photography, mm -hmm. that could be seen as commercial gain because you're actually using somebody's image for your own commercial gain for your advertising. Right. So... Um, when it comes to website and social media, social media is a little bit different because there's also an argument that that's your own private and not everybody. It's not out in public. There's only so many people that are um, your followers on Facebook or Instagram or so there's an argument that that's a little bit more private. Yeah. But for your website, that's considered public advertising. So it's not illegal to do it but it's good practice to get the consent of the person that yeah. you're using the image of if you're going to use it for commercial means and that's a safe way of doing it. it they may never sue you they may never even see it the image that you've taken of them of this random person on the street but if you're going to use it commercially i strongly recommend that it's a safe idea to get their consent if you're going to, going to use it for you know as your main marketing purposes or and particularly so and i really stress this if it is a minor if you happen to take a really cute shot of a gorgeous child on the beach in the street you should really get the consent of their parents right so so it's probably a good idea to have uh, some sort of model release uh, with you as you're out and about photographing if this is the kind of thing that you uh, want to make a living from and just so you can cover yourself and, and, uh, and get that release. So just coming back to the social media, because here's an example where uh, everything is changing so quickly and it's I guess it's um, 
hard for the for the law to keep up with that. And uh, when we talk about uh, social media, as you said, there was a time maybe uh, 10 years ago when social media was in its infancy where, like, n- no one really understood what was happening here and we had Facebook pages and some of us might have been on Twitter and, and things like that and we were uh, – photographers were sharing images and people were building up their, their profiles. But now you've got people – on Instagram and Facebook and particularly Instagram where they might have millions of followers and uh, they're posting those photos and you could say that they're not directly, like they're not selling those images on Instagram but they might have sponsors that are paying them because they have such a a large uh, social media presence. So in a sense, indirectly they're making money from those images. So um, in that sense, you should be covering yourself and getting those model releases because technically you you could be argued that you are profiting from sharing those images. Is that that right? Yeah, and and look, there's a number of things that you can do. If you're you're putting them up on a Facebook page, and and I know I could probably sense that a lot of photographers listening to this might say, oh my goodness, I can't go around having everybody sign. Um, But equally so, there are things that you can do to um, show that you're not doing it just to make financial gain. So for example, if you have a statement on your website that says, if any of these, so an example, uh, there are people who go around and they um, might be at a an event or they might have taken a trip somewhere that involved, you know, being on a boat and they post a bunch of photos of the people who were on the, the cruise and say, you know, if you, you want to buy any of these or and you're doing this essentially publicly on your website right you can always have a it's good to have a disclaimer at the bottom that says look if if, you know at any time you want your this is a photo of yourself you want it removed or you know it's a photo of your child please let us know and we'll take it down immediately right and that is one way of With Instagram, that's a little trickier because there's nowhere to post any sort of disclaimers really on there unless you put it sort of, I guess, up in your profile. But then the profile doesn't really show up unless, you know, people can see your your images without seeing your profile. So I think that, again, it's, it's one of those sort of tricky commercial, it depends on the commercial risk you're willing to take versus the legal risk. If you're taking a lot of shots of children, for example, I would definitely say there's, I really wouldn't take the chance and I wouldn't recommend that people take the chance of posting generally a number of photos of children. You know, if you're going to sporting events and that sort of thing, kids sporting events, really, I strongly recommend that you get their parental consent. If you are taking adults on the street, and this is what you generally do, I mean, you might say commercially, it's just too hard for me to go around and say, please sign this, please sign this, please sign this release form. But, you know, it it depends on your appetite for risk. So Mm -hmm. it's a a tricky one. And you're right, with social media, it just keeps moving so fast that the law can't keep up with it. And I don't know that, you know, any one country – besides um, Switzerland and a few countries in the EU that are suing Facebook and suing, you know, a a number of the more social media sites for breaching privacy and putting up images without that, that, you know, people have asked to be removed and they actually didn't remove them. But I don't know that we're going in that direction in Australia yet. So again, it's, it's a bit of a moving feast and it's really important that you, um, sort of keep up with the law on this and keep up with the latest sort of decisions. 
So with Instagram, like when you post a photo, you can caption that photo, and I, I, I'm not sure how, what the limit is on on how much you can write on, under each uh, mm-hmm. photo. But there is definitely uh, a place to do that. So if you uh, post an image and then you put the description, you know, taken on the Amalfi Coast uh, with this camera and that camera, and uh, then the description and then a disclaimer, would that be a good idea? Like you could have it at the bottom of the caption if you felt that way inclined? I mean, it would be annoying, but it, it, it could be a way to, uh, to yeah. put it up there. Yep, yep. I mean, I, again, as you say, I'm not sure how uh, what the character restrictions are mm. on that, but that is a way of doing it. Yep. And would, and, and would you also be covered if maybe uh, you, because there's a place to have a link which in, in your bio in uh, on Instagram where it either links back to your mm-hmm. website or, uh, you know, to, to, to some the product or, or whatever. But if you had in the, the link on your Instagram, the hot link went directly to the, say, front page of your website where the disclaimer was, are, are you covered? Covered then, yeah, great. Yep. So that that's a good I, practice you know, then, when, maybe. Yeah, it never stop people from from trying to make a claim or sue you. But generally, what what happens with copyright and image removal is that you are required, if you would like your image removed, you're required to, and it's recommended that you go to the person, you go to the site, you go to whomever it is that's posting it and you ask for it to be removed. It's only really if they don't do so. And it's it would be rare in my experience that people would try and claim for revenue and profits if you're making money off it, unless they are a celebrity or it's a big corporation yeah. using your image for advertising. So I, I think, you know, just from a personal perspective and what I've seen professionally, I I would doubt that people would be claiming straight away for revenue and profits for using their image. It's normally just a takedown notice they request. Okay, fantastic. All right. Uh, now, there is a, a lot of confusion about the difference between a, uh, a public, like what we've just talked about, photographing someone out in public, and when you are photographing someone at a private function, say like a wedding or uh, baby portraits, uh, you know, d- d- do you need the person's permission then to uh, share those photos on your website? Uh, yep. Absolutely. Mm. And I, and this, um, right in it, I've taken the photos. I can use them as I like, even though I was commissioned to do the wedding, to do the function. But you, and different photographers give different licensing rights to the people that they're conducting the work, doing the photographs or the videography for. And I would say it is good professional practice to to um, ask their permission. Mm. Some photographers have it included in their photography contract that they can use the images for their own promotion, yep. provided they don't um, make any money, any financial gain off it beyond just using them for pr- their own promotional purposes. They want to put it on their web page. They want to put it in their portfolio. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, it is a private event. So the first premise is when you are on private property, you can't take images without the owner's consent. You can't take, you can't walk onto somebody's property and take a photograph of the barn. Yep. You can only, and then use that or you can take it from anywhere public. So you can take it from the road. You can take a photo photograph of that barn but it's the same analogy is um, applied to a private event it is a private event irrespective of whether you were commissioned to do it or you did it for free you you should not and it without their consent use those images the the photographs the video content whatever it is for your own promotion or 
um, you know, on sell them without their consent. Okay, so uh, just it, definitely good practice when you're hired to shoot a, a wedding or a birthday party or, you know, baby photos that you have that contract in place before you actually go out and start shooting. So that, that, that just covers you. You, you. You've instructed the, the people that are hiring the, you that, you know, it's a condition of um, this contract that you're allowed to use those images. And so that's just good pro, uh, practice. I just want to go back to shooting in public. Now, is it enough that if you're shooting, say you're shooting a public event, you've been commissioned to photograph that event or you're you're out there photographing, is it enough for you to cover yourself by having a disclaimer uh, at the all the entrances and uh, where you're photographing that says, I will be taking photos uh, today at this event, uh, they will appear at, and then you put your website. And if you do not want to be photographed today, then avoid the area. Does that cover you at a public event? As well, um, uh, I just uh, just dropped out there, by... Vanessa. Can you just repeat that the start of that again, please? I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Um, if you have, it is a very broad question. So there's there's sort of two parts to it. If you've been commissioned to take photographs for the event, normally the organizers will say that we have a photographer there and if you want to um, buy any of their images from the night, you can contact them. Normally that's something that the venue includes in their rules and restrictions and because there are always venue rules. The second part to this is if they've just commissioned you or if you've just decided to go do it yourself, just posting something at the door is a little bit tricky if you're asking for consent. So there's there's different levels of risk. One, you can have somebody sign something. If that's not commercially viable, you can have them click through, do a, a you know tick box on your site sort of idea when they're buying their tickets. Um, and then the third one is just posting it at the doorway. The problem that you would have if you're going to rely on that posting at the doorway of any sort of release is you have to be able to prove that it was obvious enough and that they saw it. If it's unlikely, if there's 10,000 people going through a door at the same time, a gate, for example, and there's something written in small print at the side on the doorway, the chances of being able to rely on it are pretty slim because you have to be able to show that it's it's it would be a normal a reasonable person would see that would read it and say okay fine again what you can do is and i strongly recommend this as a general practice is if you're going to take events any photos of people in public at events you have on your website a disclaimer at the bottom of that page of images that says if there is a photo of you and you would like it removed, please contact us and we will do so. Right. That's always a good practice to have. But if you're at one of these events, to, to post something, you know, a, again, it depends on how and where it's posted. If it's handed out to everybody, for example, <laughs> you know, not that that's a general practice, but you can prove at least that way. I mean, that's obviously over the top, but you can prove that they saw this this release or this can you have consent by them it's called indirect consent by the fact that they didn't tell you that they didn't want or they didn't leave the event, that they didn't want to be photographed. But um, if you're going to rely on it, you need a bit of a stronger way of doing that. So as I say, normally, you know, the, the organizers, if they've um, hired you for the event, it's always a good idea to say to them, you know, I presume that you've got um, a consent notification in your rules and regulations. Fantastic. Because That's when a good people buy question. tickets to go to an event, they always have to agree to terms. 
So that's in the often in the terms and conditions when people buy it. The, the, the terms and con- you read all the terms and conditions, don't you? When are you, are you one of those people that <laughs> you do, don't you? That so drive my husband crazy. <laughs> so often when someone buys a ticket online, uh, that that is part of the the terms and conditions that you will be photographed, and we will use these uh, images as part of our future promotion. Are they legally allowed? to do that to to enter these premises Uh, like I've heard and I don't know if this is 100% true but I've heard that if you go onto the property at uh, a large uh, adventure park well known um, see that Vanessa I'm learning to cover myself uh, when I said that (laughs) see I made it really vague are you proud of me (laughs) so and if you go to this particular adventure park uh, the condition of entry is they if you get photographed they have the right to use that image for uh, promotion, including advertising. So you could be on um, a Ferris wheel or something and they take a photo of you, you know, enjoying your ice cream and then it ends up on a billboard. Is that legal? Because you've, you've, you've entered yeah. and you've, you've accepted the terms of conditions of going onto their private property. And usually the terms, so, so the short answer is, is generally yes. Wow. And usually the terms are contained. When you buy the ticket, there's usually a, a, a number of, it, of conditions of entry. And it says that they can remove you without, um, you know, if you're unruly. Uh, it says, you know, if you're injured, you're not going to sue them. Those sorts of things are usually in your purchase when you purchase your tickets the the conditions of entry and and you you you're absolutely right at these amusement parks it normally says and there are, is normally a number of photographers who go around and take photographs of of you on the you and your children on the log ride and mm. you know on the Ferris wheel and whatever it might be and they post them around um Normally, though, if they're going to use them in something as big as an advertising billboard, they would normally double check with you and get your specific consent because I think that they would it would be difficult to say that you expected to show up on on a billboard you expected to to maybe show up on their website mm. you expected to maybe of yourself and your kids but the expectation that you would show up on a billboard as you're driving along the highway is a little bit probably a a bit of a stretch right so again it depends on the level of and the degree of use and the degree of of expectation and what the terms actually say but you know you you kind of use common sense i suspect and if you really want to use it if if you're a photographer and you've taken a fantastic shot and you want to you know that that would be perfect for a campaign that you're helping a company out with presumably to to you know ensure that you're protected you would go to that person and you would say this is a fantastic shot i took of you this company wants to use it do i have your permission to on sell it to them they might say yes they might say no they might say i would like you know a percentage of the revenue but whatever it might be it's a really good practice to do because then you you know you've got a reputation you don't want to go to the company and say here's this photo i took here use it and then the company gets sued and they come back to you and say hey wait a minute you know you sold this to us yeah, fantastic. That's great advice. All right, so just a couple more questions. I know we're on a a, a time limit and you've, you've got to go. Uh, so, um, all right, now this is one that's come up a lot, uh, particularly for uh, photographers that are working uh, with magazines, and, and, and I've seen this happening a lot lately where many of the magazines of late uh, are um, – are making their photographers sign these contracts where basically they're they're handing over all the rights to the images, all the rights worldwide usage, and then the magazine says, okay, we're going to commission you, we'll pay you a one-off, very low fee, we're going to own the copyright, and then we have the right to on-sell those images and you have no further claims over those images. Now, what I've done is like I've received contracts like this and it'll often be from the publicist and I've looked at it and I've said okay and I'll take the the the, the 
contract and I'll amend it. I'll take out uh, clauses that I don't like and I'll add my own to cover myself because often they're created by the legal team who are protecting the company, but they're not really thinking about the photographer. And in um, all, all except one of those cases uh, that they've accepted my new terms. Do, do you think this is a good practice for photographers to not just accept uh, these blanket contracts that are coming their way and perhaps negotiate a, a slightly better deal and, you know, obviously definitely read the contracts and not just sign them blindly? That's the key. Really, um, the, I think you'll find that as you rightly point out, there's a lot of standard contracts out there that companies will use when they're hiring photographers and particularly for commissioning them for advertising or magazines or publications. And I would say that A, definitely read them. B, if you're asking whether or not to sort of try to negotiate a better deal, you, you might be better as a photographer to think a little bit creatively about how you amend it and the benefit you get. So if the company is offering a very low fee, maybe you want to say, okay, that's fine, provided I get attribution, there's my name yeah. all over every image. Getting some commercial benefit, some advertising benefit from that. Mm. Um, another thing you could consider doing is um, saying, limiting what it can be used for. Okay, yes, you can use it in your magazine. You can use it um, for distribution purposes. But if it's used outside of that, mm. or if it's used on an ongoing basis after a particular period, you know, after year one, because the magazine might be only one um, one publication, then if it's used outside that, then you'll come back to me and we'll talk about licensing or, or an additional fee. There's different ways that you can limit it so that it doesn't look like you're just ripping up their, um, their, uh, pub, their agreement. Yeah. And thinking sort of creatively, if you really want this commissioned photography with this company. And I think that that's really important because I think a lot of photographers really want, uh, they, they really want the business. They'd really like to work with this company, but they don't want to be seen to be difficult, but they don't want to give away yeah. all their rights to that, to, to their images. So that might, absolutely you can, rip out all the clauses that you want, but you might find, and, and this often happens, that companies say, oh, that's too hard. That photographer yes. just made it too hard. I'm not going to contract. Instead, you might want to think about creative ways to give yourself more benefit as a photographer by giving away the rights, but also limiting them. So limiting yep. them time-wise or how they use them or saying, you know, I, will, I would like attribution. You can use it as much as you want, provided my name is all over it. So, so you, you, you'd want that in the contract so that it, like everybody knows that if they're using that um, image again, that they make sure that they link back to you and um, as the photographer mm -hmm. so you get a bit of publicity. And I think you make a good point uh, in that, that m most of these contracts are sort of uh, stock standard. Uh, they're like templates and that, the, you know, Jan in accounts will be asked to, can you get a, can you draw up a contract? She'll go and get one, a template one, and, and uh, they don't really uh, understand how uh, restrictive they are on the photographers. So it, it, it is okay, exactly. uh, yeah, to, 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 to use that, that sort of, um, to protect yourself, but also understand where the, uh, the, the actual company that's uh, commissioning you is coming and, 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 and talk about it and say, you know, I'd like to be fair to you, I really want the work, um, but I also like, is it okay if we uh, just add these couple of clauses, you know, uh, if it's on sold, I'd like a cut and uh, you, you must uh, uh, mention me every time the um, the image is used. So that's, uh, that's fantastic advice. And just to finish, uh, Vanessa, if we can just do uh, one more question, and I de definitely think with, like yeah. we haven't even gotten in, like there's so much more we can talk about, so we'll definitely uh, get you back on. But um, what – 
to protect uh, our images, because you you hear a lot about images being stolen or you know misused um, uh, on the on on the internet. How can a photographer protect their images? What what do you recommend as just a basic way that like something that we can all implement that's going to protect uh, our rights as photographer and prote- protect those images that we take when we're sharing them out there. Look, it's a, that's a really good question, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that photographers have. And there was just a big case that's quite contentious in the in the EU in Europe that um, people are sort of rallying about because the judge said actually the the company can use that photographer's image, and he has no right to in their advertising. Sorry, the company was using. It was a, I believe it was a landscape image and it was quite specific. He knew he had taken it, the photographer, and he, he found it being used, um, in their advertising for, you know, come to whatever the area was. Mm. And he went to them, the company and said, you can't use it as a travel. That's my image. And they said too bad. And he took them to, to court and he actually lost and they, he lost on the basis that the image was his. But it had, and somebody had taken it on the internet, taken the attribution off because he had, you know, his his logo on the bottom of the image. They had managed to take it off, copy the picture, and it was all over the internet. He only noticed it on that ad. So when the the company used it, they had they had obtained it from the internet. It didn't have any attribution on it, so they thought it was free to use. They had no way of knowing it was his, no way of contacting him and purchasing it off him. So one of the so your question is is perfect timing because this just happened last week, but um, and it was it's quite contentious. Everybody's sort of feeling that that's not entirely a fair mm-hmm. outcome. But one of the things that you you should do as a photographer with your images is make sure that they're protected and there are, and by protected, I mean, if you're going to put them up on, on a website, make them not right clickable. So when you right click on an image, you can copy it and um, do whatever you want with it. You, right. you can manipulate it. So there's various things that you can get your, if you don't know how to do it, there's, um, there's plugins that, that can help you uh, protect your images. There's, there's, if you really have no idea, get your website developer to help you before you put things so you know what you need to do. There's technical things that you can do. That's that's one side of it. The other side of it is um, you can embed your, your logo or your name or whatever it might be in the bottom corner of the image. And then if you really are worried about it, you can watermark them hmm. if you're putting them up on your website. For people copying and you should definitely definitely finally finally have all kinds of really strong copyright notices and disclaimers on your website or wherever your images are um, presented and I say that the stronger they are the less likely people are to um, just go out there and you know say oh this guy won't really mind if I use his image on my website and in fact, that you know, that's still a breach. But if if you've got very strong disclaimers and very clear copyright notices all over your wherever you've got your portfolio and where wherever your pictures and your images are, your photos are and images are, you're there. It dissuades people. They're, they're going to take it from somebody's site who sort of can't be bothered putting up a privacy, who, a less professional site. Yeah, that's what, where they're going to take it from because having a professional site you probably won't be bothered trying to sue them for using your images that's a good point and it's like the equivalent of like where you see in a store where they'll have um uh, all the notices that say we, we we're filming you um so don't steal <laughs> you know so it's like having <laughs> yeah. that disclaimer on your website says I'm, I'm aware i'm watching you guys don't take my images but it it, it helps you i guess in, in in that regard so i think that's fantastic yeah, advice and, and- and look, sorry, just just one other thing on that. You, you've got to be a little bit, unfortunately, you have to be a little more, bit more diligent as a photographer in going around and checking who might be using your site and, and having, oh, I beg your pardon, 
who might be using your images and having them removed, you can't just expect, um, like this case that I was talking about, they hadn't done checked around to see where that image had been used before. They hadn't, you know, asked for anybody else to remove it. So to only aim for this one company without requiring that image to be removed by other people on their, their websites that they were using it on and, and on social media, then they, that's a very difficult argument. And there's all kinds of things that you can do. I mean, Google does an image search for free now. You can put an image up. You can look for people. You can look for you know, matching images. So there are ways you can search, but mm. you, need, you actually need to be proactive and do that. Fantastic. All right. That's awesome advice. And um, definitely, I think we only just got to the tip of the iceberg there. So much more to talk about. So we'll definitely get you back on. But okay. Vanessa, where can um, uh, people find you? You have have a great website uh, there. And uh, like, so so where, where, where do we get in touch? Look, we've got, um, we've got um, lots of free things, particularly a great how-to guide with mm. lots of questions and answers on for photographers on our site. Our site, our, our, we are a full-service law firm, and we run through our website. It's a virtual law firm, and it's legal123.com.au. So I'll that's put that legal, link in the show notes too, yep. G-A-L. That would be great with the with the number is one two three dot com dot au. Yep. And there's lots of information and there's packages for photographers and you can also contact us if you want any custom work done or if you have any questions. There's a contact form, but I'm happy to help. Yeah, so you've got a great uh, photography a legal package as well. We'll put a link to everything. So that's uh, legal123.com.au. Vanessa, thanks so much for your time today. Much appreciated. My pleasure and lovely to speak to you, Gina. Awesome. That's Vanessa Emilio. That's so good to be able to have a chat with somebody who actually knows what the legal situation is in so many of those circumstances. So wonderful. I'm really looking forward to having Vanessa back on the podcast because I have a heap more questions now as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah, legal123.com.au, you can check out that uh, free guide if you want to download that. Lots more information there. But, yeah, she was uh, amazing. So, yeah, thanks again, Vanessa. Fantastic. So um, you're about to get on the plane. Gee, what are you looking forward to the most? I'll tell you what, you know, <laughs> this is off, like getting back to Netflix. No, Stan, yes, our okay. favourite shows coming on. <gasps> like what? I- I'm so, but it's like, oh, <laughs> kind of like, oh. So it's Unreal, guys, which uh, As in for the those show, of you Unreal. interested, the uh, favourite, best show ever. If you are into, like, uh, reality shows and you want to <laughs> know uh, how they're made and what yeah. goes on and how they're produced, this is the best show ever and finally Valerie and I have a show that we actually agree on (laughs) because like we usually don't and it's so good and season three was that the last season was season three I can't or was it season four? Is this season five? Oh, anyway, last season was matter. amazing, but I would like just start at season one and watch all the way through and then, you know, you uh, will never yep. want to watch another uh, show again. It's amazing. <laughs> you will so, never want to watch another show again. That be possibly is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> too much. I, yeah, I think too that's too much. <laughs> but it is a thoroughly enjoyable show, and Gina and I compare notes about it all the time. But yeah, I don't quite think you'll get to the stage where you'll never want to watch another show again. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 um, all right, so you're going to – I think Gina – that was Gina's roundabout way of saying that she's going to be overseas when the show starts, so she might not be able to catch it, I think. Is that what you were trying to yeah, say? I won't be able to watch. So you can't go, oh, what happened? How's it? No, no messaging me going, oh, my God, can you believe you can't do that? Just assume okay. I haven't watched it until – and then I'll all be right. able to do a big binge. Hopefully yes. it will be on the plane when I go home. That will be like heaven. No, it won't. Won't be. It won't, will it? No. Um, 
yeah, so, uh, yeah, I will be overseas. So my question to Gina was actually, what is she looking most for, most looking forward to on her trip? And she talks about a show that's going to be screening Sorry, in Australia. So what I'm most looking forward to is, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Val. Okay. Okay. This is the definition of my happy place is yes. going somewhere I've never been before with a camera. Happy, oh. happy, happy, cool. happy. So and being yeah. able to do that for two weeks straight, happy multiplied by a gazillion. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most, just getting out there every day and being able to shoot, 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 shoot. Very, very, very excited. Can't wait. Fantastic. That's so exciting. Yeah. Cool. All right. Me, well, I'm actually going to – well, I'm – Today, um, I don't. You may remember that every so often, maybe once a year, I get a professional declutterer in mm-hmm. and a professional organizer, and she came today. And we, I'm now sitting in a lovely, tidy, clean, organized office. So I'm just going to sit here for a bit and just look at it because it, I haven't seen it this way in three years. Or she ever. labels everything and everything's in alphabetical order. Like I've been to your house and like the first yeah. time you did it, you didn't even tell me that you'd had a decl. And I'm like, what What happened to you? What? Because <laughs> I'd open a drawer and it, everything would be like in little, you know, so organized. I couldn't believe yeah. it. You're like, oh, I just thought I'd get organized. And then because <laughs> that's how you speak. No, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't have a high voice at all. It's, oh, I just thought I'd get organised. Um, <laughs> but but now I know, and, and that declutterer is it the same one? It's someone else. Yeah. But yeah, same amazing. One. That's so mm. good. I yeah, do it, but on. I can't cope with people in my home, so it's not ever okay. going to happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, but anyway, so I'm going to be just sitting and looking at my super clean office. So I know that doesn't – that's not as exciting as road tripping across North America, but, you know, that's my life right now. <laughs> so anyway, where where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com, that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. All social media is at Gina Militia. And if you want to get in touch with me in person, then you might want to consider joining the Goal community where I love teaching photography and I can take your work to the next level. So, yeah. yeah. And you, Val? Find out. Find out more about that at GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. And you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and mainly on Instagram. And, of course, feel free to connect with both of us on Facebook as well. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.